up, everyone? Welcome to another Monday Overreaction Show here on the Orange Bloods Texas Football Channel. I'm Jeff Ketchum. That is Anwar Richardson. This video brought to you by the guys over at RogueShop.com. Use that promo code ORANGEBLOODS for your shopping for Texas's home for legal CBD, THC, and so much, much, much more. Anwar is live at SEC Media Days. Yes. I'm live at my house. <laughs> we'll be talking about a lot of things, the ongoing things. I think Commissioner Sankey is literally uh, addressing the media as we speak. Onward, do you – I've got a big old overreaction, but it's not related to SEC Media Day. So oh, okay. I'm going to let you have the opportunity to have the floor if there's anywhere you want us uh, to begin. Although I should remind everybody, like the video, subscribe to the channel – get notifications and by all means, enjoy yourselves in the chat. Um, yes, Asheville. So, you know, like I said, I can think of worse places to be, especially after years of covering uh, the big 12 and going on all those road trips. So I feel like this finally a payoff for all the hell that I've gone through and all the so average to below average cities I've had to go to. Um, you know, what's interesting catch, you know, so as we hear in the big 12 media days, I, I have I have a reaction that is a brand new reaction, and just at moments ago before I came on, um, the, the Brett McMurphy kind of broke a story that says Big Twelve Media Days next year are going to be held in Dallas, and my overreaction is they had to do that to make sure Aggie fans didn't bitch if they because they, if they held it in Austin. It the it, Rome would burn. So the so easiest, SEC media days. SEC, yes. That, what did I say? Did I say Big Twelve? You did. I was a little confused. I, for said, a second. I meant to say, sorry. SEC media days next year <laughs> are going to be held in Dallas. Which, when you think about it, there literally is no SEC team in Dallas. <laughs> so, yeah, but they're not. They're not in Nashville because of Vanderbilt. I mean, to a certain yes, correct. But it, let's just be honest; like, it should have been Austin. Like, if we're if you here's the thing, catch: if you're gonna go and hold a convention somewhere, like, are you saying, man, we really gotta go to Dallas, or are you saying we really gotta go to Austin? The thing is, you'd be saying the quiet part out loud, which, which is, is that Texas really matters and is probably more significant than some of the other places and locales in the SEC, right? I mean, correct. they're coming to Texas for obvious reasons. If they went to Austin, I mean, even the people in Norman would probably, because that's what they'll <laughs> be able to say. They're in between Austin and correct. Norman correct. and the two new schools. So correct. I kind of get it. But all things being equal, I think everybody would rather have a, a better time in Austin and would rather just be in Austin in general. Yeah. So my my my, I, it's a very smart little preemptive move to prevent a whole lot of bitching from, especially one particular program. I don't want to say A and M's name. I guess I just did. Is to protect. Is it's for that. And apparently, uh, what's what's really in uh in Brett McMurphy's tweet, um. He had said, um, I think he called it the, the Longhorn Nation or Longhorn State, I believe is how he kind of worded it. Oh. And apparently uh, A&M fans on Texags are melting down over that. Oh, yeah. 
No, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. You and may I not have wanted this smoke, but yeah. if you call the state of Texas the Longhorn State, you're going to get it from A&M. You're going to get it from every Because quite honestly, not even Texas fans call Texas the Longhorn State. It's the yeah. Lone Star State. You know, I uh. mean, and Texas fans are full of it. But even yeah. they don't say that. Like, I, I've covered the program for 30 years. I'm sure there are people who will say, I call it the Longhorn State all the time. I never see that. No. So, Brett, come on sure. now. You know what that if, was? That was an unforced error. <laughs> no, here's the deal. No, 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 no. I So where I'm sitting, I'll give you some insight here, Catch. Where I'm sitting is – Close to one of the uh, Texas guys, not Billy, by the way. Who, by the way, I, it looks he's in incredible shape, the best shape of his life. He has lost so he looks good. Like I, you, what, I, I was tempted to, to take a picture with Billy just to mess with, just to have the board melt down. But I was just like, I don't just want that life on on a Monday. Like there's just so many other things I can do. Uh, but somebody from Texas, other than Billy, had said something to Brett not too long after he tweeted because I'm sitting next to Brett. And he's like, Brett, what's up, man? And he goes, what? He goes, man, the, you said the lone, he goes, did you make a mistake? You called it the Longhorn State. He goes, no, I didn't. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he goes, no, I did it. He goes, Man, my, our board is starting to melt down. He just shoulder shrugs it and laughs. It was it was a funny thing. So no, that he did that on purpose. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay, that, that's you, it's. That, it, he, he won't think of it's an unforced error until at like nine thirty tonight. He's still besieged by hundreds of A and M fans who's contacted his employer to let him know that like he should be fired. Uh, you know. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, he's been through that all his life. I think he's all right. I don't think I don't. I, he's he has the Pac-12 hates him. Like he's been on ESPN. Like there, if there's one guy who probably doesn't give a damn, like you and him are pretty cut for the same cloth. And I would say him more than you. You eventually get to a point where you he said he shrugged his shoulders. That's that's kind of the default position where it's like so and so is mad with you. And it's like oh, you know what we call that Monday. <laughs> Yeah, this is Monday <laughs> in my life, I've been wondering where it was going to come from today. We we're a little bit behind, but yeah, there it is. Uh, and the last thing before you get into your your stuff, so you know it'll be interesting today catch to see uh, from a Sankey uh, you know standpoint. And again, we're here, so uh, Blake, feel free if anything like pops off, uh, send it to us on the on the DM here and uh, on the screen so we can see. Like you have my permission to interrupt. Um, I will not, I will not spaz on you if that happens. Um, it'll be interesting to see catch, you know, a couple of things. I think how, you know, past this season catch, you know, how long they're going to stay with this eight game schedule versus nine. Like, you know, is this, you know, I know they say it's short term, but, you know, it'd be interested to see what they need to see, uh, in order to, uh, you know, eventually move it there because, you know, we, I think, there's still fans that want permanent rivals, but you know, there's still the eight game schedule still makes a lot of sense. So I'll be interested to see what he says, uh, you know, out of that. I think th I know what the other things are going to be. People are going to ask about NIL, um, and, you know, and, and the, the tragedy that every, you know, everyone complains about and, 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 and is upset about, and are you going to get Congress involved, which is like the worst idea ever. Could you, could you imagine like an NIL bill being attached to some other like education bill. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, that feels that feels like Monday in the in, in politics. Like, correct. Of course, of course, they just threw that into some other bill. It probably will be the thing that makes or break ed- education in the state of Texas in the future. Like, all these really important things will be there. But if the NIL part doesn't get included, the whole bill's off, and kids. <laughs> so that's i'm imagining that like i'm just imagining that world of of everything and so anyway i'll be interested to see what he says jimbo uh, talks a little bit later today so i'm sure he'll be salty about something and someone will ask him something he'll jump on that and, and be ticked off about that so uh we should have some uh you know interested the good thing for texas is that for the most part, they probably shouldn't catch too many strays this week. Like they were catching it at the Big Twelve last week. They were catching a whole bunch of strays last week. Catch. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think it's gonna be uh, like that. From a t- should be very interesting. So next year, the Big Twelve will hold their media days in at Jerry World. Yes. And then the very next week, the SEC will come to Dallas. Yes. Yes. It's very much an unofficial fu mm-hmm. to Big Twelve Media Days to be like the headliner shows up, you know, makes its Correct. grand appearance after yes. the warm up act, yes. and we're going to get more media attention from our media days mm-hmm. than you are going to get with yours, essentially in the same city. Correct. That'll be fun to watch that next year because that so- will—that's when it will feel really real. And by the way, I was able to learn something really, you know, because you start talking to people, you know, you come to these conventions and you all of a sudden somebody starts talking to you and you start learning different things. I learned today from a person that I won't say their name on air, you would, but you would absolutely know who, who I'm talking about, uh, that apparently these two commissioners actually don't like each other. Like apparently there there's some real East Coast West Coast beef between these two guys, and so your Mark and Sang are apparently not really cool with each other, and apparently your Mark he's a little bit because he's got that like New York in him, and of course he's been doing a lot of different things, so he's unfazed, and so apparently, uh, or I've heard from someone that they've gotten into it uh, on several times, so I. Th- th- now on that backstory, then what I've heard this a little bit later would not surprise me if that was just kind of like, oh yeah, you know what? We'll come to your little area too <laughs> and screw you over. Hey, real quick, we got a super chat from uh, Triple T Joseph Forty Four with the rivalry starting back up. Who will take home the triple crown first, A and M or UT? Basketball, baseball, and football. I don't know what triple crown in what capacity. Like, we're are we talking about the school that will beat the other three? That's what I'm thinking. He's saying I can't think, be one of the conference champions. Nah, nah, nah. I think I think he's talking about who wins in in these in those sports against each other. A, a clean sweep. Yes. Or or victory, right? Maybe I'll, it's. I mean, not- I'll say Texas by default. Historically, they they beat A and M more times than they lose in every sport, but. I think it'd be very competitive right in the beginning. I don't, I don't know how a, a, a clean sweep. So that's one in football, two in basketball, and three in baseball. Mm-hmm. Now you could win the triple crown by taking two out of three in baseball, but you got to sweep the basketball. 
Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's a split. I'll still go with Texas, but boy, God help the school that if it happens early on, has to add that to its resume. I mean, to say Texas would would mean you're co-signing on, on Rodney Terry. And I haven't heard yeah. you co-sign on Rodney Terry yet, Kat. So I'm not – I know I don't – But I'm A&M's not, basketball program is very eh. – You've kind of kind of shoulder-shrugged, you know, this under Rodney as well. I mean, catch. I mean, I'm not shows trying to start. I'm not trying to make the Monday <laughs> overreaction show the anti-catch. No, Rodney but Terry stay thing. consistent. But stay consistent, though, because we we we've how many shows have we done I mean, where you're like, man, there are there are better options, better higher. So I didn't so, say Texas would definitely do it. I said I would take Texas, but uh, it's really close and could go either way. Honestly, I feel yeah. that way about Sarkeesian too. I, Honestly, mm-hmm. there's not a head coach that Texas has in any of the three sports that I'm a thousand percent sold on. But if you look at their, you know, their their rivals in College Station at the same positions, I'm not really ready to give a big old endorsement to any of those dudes either. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a good. By the way, he. It's a great question. By the way, it's a it's What's a fascinating one. I'm going to go Texas because I still believe, you know, I think the baseball, they've got that. So I'm, I'm, I feel good about the baseball component. Um, I feel better, a little bit better about where I think Texas is, is from a football standpoint where they're growing too. Like, I don't, I don't know how many more years of Jimbo that we need to see. Like when you kind of, kind of just is what it is as far as he's concerned. And I don't know, you know, it's, I think we're as relates to him. You know, my wild card right now is the basketball team and the basketball program. Um, so that that's the only one I, I'm a little like, eh, but I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give Texas uh, the advantage, um, you know, for right now. Basketball's on, basketball is basketball. No one is good. I'm just that's a coin flip for me. We're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you want to get your chat, you know, your comment in the chat or your question read as immediately as possible, the best way to do that is in the Super Chat, although uh, as we bounce around today on a number of different topics on this Monday, uh, we will certainly uh, get some fan interaction one way or the other. Uh, Michael, this one this one makes me laugh a little bit. Hey, if we're talking golf, tennis, and volleyball, it's Texas all day long. Did I throw some swimming in there? I was like, going to say swimming. Swimming, I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the slam dunk to me. Like, that's the... Swimming. Volleyball's pretty salty too. Yeah, yeah. And and look, hey, women's basketball. Like, I'm sorry. Like they, they they're pretty damn good in them from a women's basketball perspective. Realistically, I mean, if you had to match them to, to head to head in, in every sport, I think Texas across the board is better. Yeah, I mean, Texas is competing for those directors' cup championships. Correct. Because they're really good in most of the sports. In most sports. They don't want it this year. Football, I'm giving them anything. Um, all right, you ready for my for my big Monday overreaction? I, I said that while your earpiece. Oh, yeah, was. I was I had to adjust this uh, earpiece. But it, what is what did you what was the last thing? I was you saying, said, are you ready for my big Monday overreaction? I, I I am. I filibustered long enough. So, a week ago, I did the super blue chip numbers. 
which when we did this show, I put up the graphics. And um, as a matter of fact, Blake, if you can find the graphic from last week real quick, just to, to um, recap everybody, the one that the one that's got the three the three different uh, the table with the three things. I just want to point to the left hand side. And Blake, whatever you get a chance, you can throw that up there. So I did this thing on the Super Blue Chips last week, and it showed if you just look over to the left hand column, Texas ranks fifth in the country with fifteen Super Blue Chips on its roster. Alabama's number one, Georgia's number two, A and M and Ohio State tied for third, and then there there's Texas with. USC behind them, LSU, Clemson, Oregon, Oklahoma. Okay, you can take that down now. So I did that last week, and one of the things that people started asking were like, I wonder I wonder what the national championships were won with so we know what Texas needs to be really aiming for. So, <laughs> because, because I love just sitting around crunching numbers in the Rivals.com database on a Sunday – this one took a few hours, to say the least. I looked it up. So, Blake, put this second graphic up here. This is what was in my 10 thoughts from the weekend today. Texas has 15. If you look at the national championships that have been won since 2005, the last 18, Texas has as many super blue chips on it right now as seven of those teams that either had the same amount or fewer and they're within three of four other teams. So Texas is at the moment with 15, you know, that's more than LSU in 2007. That's more than Alabama in 2009. It's a hell of a lot more than, boy, did we underrate the Cam Newton season? Boy, uh-huh. Because that nope. one sticks out like a, like the only thing that that Auburn team had going for it. Yes. With a certain and, quarterback that everybody yes. likes to take a crap on. Yeah. But, Outside of that, <laughs> they were pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's like one you, you talk about a quarterback carrying a team. That guy carried a team. It's crazy, honestly, to think about it. Like, I always put respect on Cam Newton's name, but maybe maybe it needs a little bit more. But Texas has more super blue chips on its roster right now than the LSU team did back in 2019 uh-huh. that a lot of people think is one of the greatest teams of all time. Mm. So the thing that really caught my eye, well, Blake, you can take that graphic down now. The other component of the data search that I did is that pretty universally speaking, you can go team by team. Well, let me, let me put it to you like this. 14 of the last 16 national champions have had more freshmen and sophomore super blue chips on their roster than upperclassmen. I bring that up because the makeup of this Texas roster with its super blue chips, we want to say that this team is young because a lot of the super blue chips came in this past recruiting class. But the reality of the matter is that that is kind of what it looks like on a roster that competes for a national championship. Most of its highest-end elite talent are freshmen and sophomores. They don't stack up heavy with upperclassmen. It's just not the way it really ever works out. 
So it comes down to Anwar whether or not Quinn Ewers is going to be that guy. Blake, put that graphic up again real quick because when you look at the teams that won national championships, so in 2006, Florida had a five-star Tim Tebow as a freshman, but also Chris Leak was a borderline five-star. Um, 2008, five-star Tim Tebow. Skip over Alabama. Mostly there's a lot of skipping over Alabama because up until recently they weren't getting great quarterback play. But you had Cam Newton with Auburn. You have Jameis Winston with Florida State. You had um, – I mean, Ohio State played three quarterbacks that year. But JT Barrett, uh, a, a Heisman finalist, was their guy in 2014. You've got Deshaun Watson in 2016. You've got Trevor Lawrence in 2018. Even though Joe Burrow wasn't a super blue chip prospect, you still had a super quarterback. And so the recipe for Texas is real simple. They have on paper on where the super blue chip talent to make a run at the playoff. This is different than what they've had in recent seasons with regards to the amount of elite of the elite prospect talent on their team. It just comes down to Quinn Ewers. And if Quinn Ewers is that dude, if he's a guy that plays at a level that gets him into the top 10 of the NFL draft, there's really no reason for Texas not to make a run at that kind of a season if, if, if they get the quarterback play that Quinn Ewers' ranking suggests he should eventually get to. I mean, what's this is this I, I okay, let me let me let me say let me start like this. The 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 numbers are undeniable, right? Like those numbers are good. It did a good amount of research on that. And it's crazy, catch. It's it's like everything you say makes all the sense in the world, right? From a numbers, just I if I looked at it so on and so forth. It makes all the sense in the world. It makes sense why Texas is a betting favorite in 11 out of 12 games this season, why they're preseason number one, absent of the numbers, right? Um, and when we've said, like, Texas has talent and Texas is, is deep on this team, you, you, that's it. Like, the right, this, they've got the talent. They're deep at most all positions. Like, they've got it all. And I find myself saying, whoo, whoo, that's a – I, I, I'm trying to now go from a logical, just remove the, the that that perspective and say and jump all in on that. Um, it makes all the sense in the world why Texas should not only be competing and winning a conference title this season, but yes, they have the the the, the talent to compete for the ultimate, right? And, and that all that is true. But boy, to make the jump from eight to eleven. Or 12, 13 with a conference title game, like to make that jump. And it's not to say it can't be done. I mean, we saw it from TCU last year, but as a as Pavlo's dog here, who's kind of getting gotten trained on a certain thing, it is hard for me to wrap my head around it, other than to say those are really good numbers. I don't know if I'm gonna go much above 10, but those are really good numbers and, and undeniable at that. I'm not saying that my prediction has changed. I'm just saying on paper, Texas has the makeup of the kind of teams that have won national championships on war. Mm -hmm. 
the big difference between most of those teams and what we would look at at Texas were all-time great quarterback play. I mean, it's amazing when you look at the teams that have won championships and you say, since 2005, Texas will never have another Vince Young. Florida will never have another Tim Tebow. Auburn will never have another Cam Newton. Florida State will never have another Jameis Winston. Clemson has had two of them, right? So it's like mm-hmm. they got to find somebody who's on the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence level again, and maybe that's Kate Klumnick. I mean, you know, they're certainly shooting for the stars in recruiting, but, like, that's the level that these guys have to get to. You know, it's get to the level of a Joe Burrow, and then you've yeah. got the rest of the roster around you that's good enough to compete. Unless you're Alabama and Georgia – and here, Blake, put that graphic back up there again so that we could like point out, you know, the only teams in the modern history of college football that have broken 20 and won national championships. Alabama had 29 in 2015, then 31 two years later. And then in each of the last three years, it's been 2023 and 22. Everybody else is in that Texas range. Mm-hmm. So Alabama and Georgia have been a cut above. They've stacked up voluminous content. But Georgia didn't have a Cam Newton at quarterback. And, and, and really, A&M had Mac Jones in 2020. But nobody's confusing him and putting him on the same tier as some of these other quarterbacks. What gives you real hope if you're Texas is Quinn Ewers is supposed to be as good as those guys. Yeah. He has the Trevor Lawrence ranking, a hundred number one across the board consensus number one. Like mm-hmm. that's who he is. If he asserts himself in that kind of way, what the study did for me last night was open up the possibilities of Texas is much closer than than I probably even thought. When you look at it from top-end talent, they really are much closer to all of the other teams that won national championships in the last 20 years that weren't Alabama or Georgia in the last decade. Yeah, and I mean, not only that, so the the two things that you say stand out, but the Quinn Ewers portion of it, it's true because when when you look at that list that you have up there, pretty much all of them had damn good quarterbacks like at oh I did all it. time great quarterbacks. yes i mean like all of them had like there's very you know few times where you just said to yourself i mean of that list catch and i wouldn't i would not ask you to do that and but i'm sure there's a quick math that how many of those guys ended up playing in the nfl from those off those teams i'm imagining they're the quarterback not uh blue chippers i just mean the quarterbacks themselves um i'm imagining out of all the guys that you listed what what 90% of the quarterbacks for those national championship teams played in the NFL or something like oh, that. Yeah. Maybe there was, there was an anomaly that maybe we missed somebody, but so yeah, so that that makes sense. And it does show that maybe the key to you know the secret sauce, you know, for Texas in the season will have will be Quinn. Like if that if if Quinn is on that next level, then everything else falls in place. Like if he if he goes to the level that Sarkeesian has been talking about, and we've heard about all this offseason, like if he rises up to that, and we're not saying I don't think catching, I don't believe you're saying 
could be an all-time great. Like asking someone to be the next Tim Tebow or the Vex VY, like that's asking you to be like on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Like but that's I- what it almost takes these days to win a championship. I mean, unless you're Alabama and Georgia, yeah. everybody else needs Hercules a quarterback. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: are they are are they they're much probably closer to those programs than they are to the Auburns of the world. Right. So, I mean, but I do believe in you. I do believe when you say like it's it, it's 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 about Quinn this year. It's just all about him. If he and if he steps it up, then then you can dare to dream big, right? But that that yeah. component, and you just have the talent, but don't have the QB thing. It's not going to work. You're just going, but you won't you won't get to the ultimate goals of winning a title. We had a super chat come in. This is kind of funny because it happened last week. Uh, and, and because he put down a 20 spot, I wanted to rush into the front of the line. It says, I nailed it last week that my name is related to sports cards. WTV is Wild Thing Vaughn from the classic movie Major League. Buy or sell if an injury happens to Quinn Ewers. Uh, Malik Murphy takes over and ne- never loses the QB one role in his UT tenure. Okay, first of all, I got to come check out your breaks. So – do me a favor, like shoot me a, an email or something. Uh, message me on Orange Bloods. I'm just curious. Uh, I'd love to watch a WTV break uh, take place live. Onwar, that's breaks. I want to sidetrack the show. But that's where a guy opens up like a case of cards. Mm-hmm. And you either buy a player or the team. And so it's like a very specific way of getting into a, a big amount of packs being opened. You okay. just buy a team or a player, and then uh-huh. you get whatever gets opened up. But it's it's the way sports cards are done these days, and I would be lying if I didn't say occasionally I just watch them for entertainment. Um, okay, okay. So, uh, but the the buy or sell question is one that we talked about last week. Yes, I'm gonna instinctively say that unless it's a season-ending injury, ACL, right? Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's hard for me to believe that Malik would take over and then Quinn not return if healthy. But it's possible, but boy, it would I, – I don't even want to think of the implications of that because I'm not ready to do the what happens to Quinn Ewers now that Malik Murphy has taken the job from him. Yeah. This. Can we do this? Can, all right. I'll, I'll answer the question. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna give a second question that doesn't involve Quinn getting injured, so we don't put okay. bad mojo out there in the air. Okay, so but I'll I'll entertain it for for a moment. Um, yeah, I think you know Malik probably gets the job and probably doesn't look back. Let me ask you another a, a better question that won't have us cringe. If Quinn Ewers for whatever reason decided he was going to skip the bowl game and go yeah. to the NFL. Right, so no injury. Who starts in the bowl game? Malik. Okay. Remember, Herman was all about uh, Hudson Card. He loved him some Hudson Card. Mm-hmm. But in the bowl game, he picked Casey Thompson Casey. when yeah. they mm-hmm. needed a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Usually, in those moments, you're so about I have to win now. I have to win this game 
And then it's what gives me, the, then you go into the rabbit hole as a coach of what allows me to do that best. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's a little hard to look six months down the road, but like, at this point, Malik feels like he's ahead in that battle, so he would start the ball game. But I could see some splitting of reps. I could at least see Arch, you know, getting some second quarter reps and then going from there. But I would, I would, I would, you know, but, but that seems more unlikely than the likelihood of Malik being the starter. Like, I think that mm-hmm. there's a much greater chance that Malik is the starter and would just play that game than there is mm-hmm. that they would play both. Although both are possible. Yeah. I don't, I don't see right now catch a, and I haven't heard anything, you know, we'll see what happens when they start back in August where Malik isn't like right now, just a clear cut number two guy. Like now, now, now we can have the projection and I'm just talking about as of today and I'm not talking about 2024 and what that looks like. I'm just like, as of today, I think Arch is right now the number three, unless certain things happen, of course, in August, like, you know, that, that battle still needs to take place. And I don't think Sark has given a winner with that one. So, you know, you don't know, but I, I think, I think it's safe to say that Sark has, he he's, he's smart enough to know that in August coming out of camp, if Malik is his number three guy on the depth chart, you just told that guy he can leave. Like that, that's essentially what you told him. Like, I'm I'm good. <laughs> and, and you don't want to do that. Well, the same thing comes with the answer to your the, the question you just asked. If you get to the bowl game and he doesn't get the start, you've announced who your starting quarterback is <laughs> yes. in 2024. <laughs> correct, uh, correct. Whether that was your intention uh, or otherwise. Yeah. Can I give correct. you the most effed up buy or sell question in the history of buy or sell questions? Well, okay. Yes. I'm not going to put a guy's name attached to this, right? Because we don't want to enter that that juju into the air, right? And then following the theme of let's not associate a player with an injury just because, you know, God forbid something happened. And then it's like those guys said something and it happened. Let's say player A was – a starting quarterback at a major school okay, with a five-star profile, hypothetically speaking, just in general. Okay. Okay. Going into year by the way, two. By, by back, I'm just adjusting some things right now. So I'm listening. No to worries. You. Going into year two. Would as the player or the agents involved and everything else, would you rather he play terrible and then it's kind of revealed that he's not that good? Or would you rather have an injury occur otherwise? You There's one of the two. You have to pick one of two bad things. Jeez. Would you rather just rehab from an injury and maintain all of the of thoughts mystery. that other people already had of you? Or would uh-huh. you rather just stay healthy but have a terrible season and have people think that you just you're just not the guy? Stay healthy. You never want an injury. What if it's not an ACL, though? What if it's like uh, three broken ribs for eight weeks? Okay. <laughs> so what? It, just, so you can't breathe for two Quinn months, injury, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Like so, like a, a Quinn injury, right? 
So something like that, like a little shoulder. Your collarbone, maybe? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. Something that's not like nine months of rehab. I mean, the thing is, ultimately, you, you the catch, you want to play as a player, right? So Yeah, but I wouldn't want to suck and play. I mean, but you don't know. Well, if you suck, you're going to suck. Like when Garrett Gilbert in 2011 came out and played. Uh-huh. And it was a disaster. He went into the transfer portal, and it was like SMU and nobody. So I would, yeah. You want to stay healthy, okay? I want to stay healthy. You answer the question. I'm not going to badger you into going the other direction. I just legitimately, I wonder what the worst option is. I think some people would take the injury, though. (laughs) Paul's telling me to stop. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. At least it's something that so you have I, uh, to think about. I'm so, this this is live TV, and this is what this is what happens on live shows. So I had set myself up, catch, and I had uh, plugged into something, and I was like, so I plugged in everything. I thought it was good, and then I realized that the outlet doesn't work. <laughs> And then my 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 t- my thing said it's about to my laptop said it's about to go into screensaver mode went to the screensaver mode, and so I know that meant I only have like five minutes, so that's why I had to interrupt it. Okay, so to have you finished the thought on this whole thing? I have I have something that's going to make you laugh. Okay, switching gears, going back to SEC media days. Uh, Brian Peroni, former Rivals.com guy for our A and M site, now works at the twenty four seven A and M site. Mm-hmm. He has a tweet, and Brian, okay. I'm saying this in advance. It's all in good fun. It says Texas A&M's turn in the spotlight is this afternoon at SEC Media Days 2023, and there's a photo of like an SEC banner that says it just means more. You probably have one within uh, 10 or 15 feet of you. Yeah, and then there's a picture of a Texas A&M neon light on the floor okay so they're in the spotlight but the picture is of a spotlighted like spotlighted texas a&m neon sign but it's on the floor i mean there's just some unintentional irony and it being your spotlight and it's and then the picture of you is on the ground damn (laughs) <laughs> and you did it yourself. That's all I'm saying. That's pretty good. That is really, uh, that is really, really good. What are you looking to hear for from um, Jimbo today? You know, I'll be either, you know, I'll be a little bit more of a fly on the wall as relates to to, to Jimbo. I mean, if there, I'm sure there's going to be a Texas question that's asked to him that I'm sure he'll be snarky in his response. Um, but I, you know. Catch, I don't and again. I, I'm not going to speak for Aggie fans, right? I'm not going to. I'm not going to speak for for them. But you know, Jimbo's they. Jimbo is there right now because he's got a contract that they they just can't get rid of his ass. Like that. That's that's the as a simplistic as it is. They had a crappy season last year. Catch, it's his catch. If you're ever going to have a crappy season. You want to do what like what Sark did. You get it over with in year one, and everyone can excuse it away and say you're building. But when you actually are like okay, and then you shit the bed, 
like that's a step backwards. So I want to hear what he's going to say about the future of this program, where this program's headed, you know, any changes that he's he's made. Like I want him, he doesn't have to sell me, but I also want to know if he's selling the fan base into really believing like he's the guy or he's just the guy that we can't fire. Like right now he seems like he's the guy that they can't fire as opposed to he's the guy. And that that's really I want to I want to I want to hear what he says about that. And of course, anything he says from a Texas, uh, you know, related standpoint, I mean, he's still recruiting well, but the, the, there's that coaching aspect of it is that that, you know, you got to account for. We know, by the way, we speak from experience from the guy. You have to kind of keep on out of obligate financial obligations. I mean, we've seen that we've. We, we've seen multiple sports tackle the question of can we make a move, which we think is right, mm-hmm. or are we obligated to stay in this marriage because, you know, the kids are in high school kind of a thing. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, those things happen. Don't don't think we're trash talking, AM fans, if you're watching this video. <laughs> we have we've lived through those days so we can spot them. Um I'm curious to see how Jimbo tackles the expectations question. Because we saw Sark, and, and, and quite honestly, it was the theme of your column on Sunday. The, the, the very Sark tackling the expectations and not running from them and, and kind of welcoming the expectations. Jimbo's got a super talented roster. They're coming off of a bad season. What make what is the minimum line for success this season at Texas mm-hmm. A&M? These are questions that coaches rarely offer up genuine answers because they don't want to set a bar that they might miss and fail. Yeah. But he's got the third most talented roster in America in mm-hmm. terms of elite level high school football prospects on one team. He's got Ohio State level talent. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious to see how what he projects in terms of what he thinks his team is is not just capable of but will deliver. Yeah. By the way, that was Brian Kelly that just walked by and said hello. So um I was wondering why there was yeah, there was a bunch of I saw a bunch of media people just uh with cameras and photos going on over there. And, and then I guess they all wanted to get their little thing of uh, Brian Kelly walking by. So he, he he said hello. I think he just said it out of being nice as opposed to he was being a fan of the show. But as a part of me, I'd like to believe that there are times that Brian Kelly just decides I want to watch the Overreaction Monday show and see what catching on we're doing. Like, He's I, like, I, I love that time you guys <laughs> made fun of Gary Patterson. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you guys won me over when y'all did that show. But, yeah, and, and you know, and, and – you know, this is, I think, catch. You know, there's a big. I think it's a big year for for Jimbo, but we're all going to go. Is it going to be a little bit different? You know, Jimbo has never. He's not had to really compare himself to Texas in anything other than recruiting. Like over the last, what you know, he's he's just and that hasn't been a Texas. So when Texas comes in there becomes that real like where's your program at versus our program and so on and so forth you got to think about like texas and ou right catch it especially when lincoln riley had it cooking 
those losses stung because first of all, you're like the guys that you lost in recruiting catch were the guys, same guys that would play against you. And then you would see them in the Red River and think to yourself, damn, I could have had this guy, but now this is happening. And now, so he, the, where Jimbo can't, cannot have or afford, he can't afford Texas to come in there next year and have instant success. And have, because if that happens, then they will fire his ass. Like at that point, if the Sark comes in and Texas is a 10 win team and, you know, and God forbid they're in a playoff and Texas A&M is not in the playoff. No, he, he's got, he, 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 he uses get out of jail free card already. Like there ain't going to be too many more of those. So I, I, him being able to turn this thing around now, especially catch. I, I don't, I'm not asking you to do homework, so don't don't feel like I'm asking you to do oh, homework. Oh man, don't because my brain's still tired from yesterday. But I would imagine back to your super blue chip conversation, when you look at what Texas AM has, if they don't compete for something soon, that's gonna be probably one of the biggest failures, I would guess, from a super blue chip like accumulation that you know we've seen in a while. Again, I'm not asking you to go through well, anything. Honestly, it's it would be interesting to know who the biggest Super blue chip failure teams were the teams that had the most. Hey, Paul, and and didn't deliver the goods. Because say what you want to about Alabama and Georgia, it's uh-huh. one thing to accumulate all those talent, all those players. It's another thing to, to keep competing for championships and winning them. And you mm. know, you put that graph, Blake, put that graphic back up just real quick. It's amazing what they've done. If we start in 2015. There are only three schools. Well, actually, there's only two schools. There are three teams, though. Clemson twice, both with otherworldly quarterbacks, had mm-hmm. 15 and 16. That's those are le- that's less than what AM has right now. And then in 2019, again, less than AM has right now. In those uh, the five of the other eight seasons, 29, 31, 28. Or twenty, excuse me, twenty three and twenty two. So like, there's Alabama, Georgia, and then there's all of the other teams from the past two decades. But A and M has almost more raw talent on its campus of the highest of the t- pedigree recruits you can get than any other team on that list. They can't, they can't go eight and four, nine and three. Otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer to the trivia question of who's the most talented team to be super average or worse. Mm-hmm. But, well, they'll be up there because it's right. hard to have the talent that they have and not have won something significant. And the thing is, catch you know, you know, you and I are kind of like, uh, you know, taste great, less feeling. You know, remember that commercial when we oh, start yeah. talking about because you're so about the talent stuff and our Callen and coaching, right? We'll just, we'll go about that. Right. But then it would, if you've got the talent <laughs> and you don't win, like yeah. that, that's, that's the ultimate, like that's the combo of, of both of the things that we say you need to have. And I would say, you don't, 
that's horrible because you know I, I can't I, blame I, it on the talent. There's <laughs> only one person to blame. It's it, it is absolutely the head coach because you've got the talent. The talent's there. It's there, there. There's no like oh I got to get some more. Nope, you've got enough. You've got enough. You've got more than most. And if you can't pull it off this year, I think you know that to me is. And again, speaking for AM. But to me, the, 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 if he doesn't get it done this year, catch, I think he's a dead man walking. Whether they pull the trigger a year from now, two years from now, it would it would take some sort of like Ed Orgeron magic for it to happen, and we just have not seen it. So again, because there will be a side by side Texas comparison starting next year, and I don't think Jimbo wants that smoke. I mean, we know it always goes back to recruiting. So the moment they're no longer truly viable among the nation's elite recruits and recruiting, mm-hmm. which isn't the case right now, Al Anum still recruiting really well. Mm-hmm. You know they 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 they're still recruiting nationally really well. But will there be a moment? I mean, it's what got Tom. What killed Tom wasn't what was happening on the field. What killed Tom was, and there were a number of reasons we could, a lot of things we can get into, but ultimately. The Quinn Ewers of the world were like, nah. The Tommy Brockermeyers of the world were like, nah. And suddenly Texas was recruiting outside of its weight class in a bad way. And then they were like, we can't have that. And it made for a justifiable – it was always the checkmate moment in what should happen with Herman or not. And it's like, well, recruiting is dead. You can't keep doing what you're doing because you're going to lose – you're going to fall – Suddenly, your recovery time is going to take even longer if you don't yeah. if you don't do it now. That's where A and M, in theory, that's. It. I mean, for all of the pressure that's on Sarkeesian, there has to be more on Jimbo. Yes. There has to be. And so, <laughs> yes. Again, I'm. I'm we can, we'll go ahead and wrap things up so I can let you get back to SEC Media Day. I just, as Jimbo gets ready to take the podium, the last thing I'll say, we can wrap this thing up. Uh, although, if you want to get your you want to get your your comments or questions in, um, feel free super chat us in the next two minutes, and we'll sneak you in. I'm curious to hear what he has to say today because mm-hmm. I don't know that denying look, and this goes for Texas too. You can't have Ohio State level talent, and and think that. There's not immense expectations for what has to be delivered. Mm-hmm. Now, there are only seven or eight teams in the country, and maybe not even that many. I mean, we'll say seven. There's seven teams in the country that have Ohio State-level talent. Every single one of those teams is almost expected to win a conference championship at a minimum. And that's where AM's got to be. One way or the other, they have to they have to crack through that glass ceiling, especially with Texas coming in a year. Yeah, 100% catch. That. Last thing I'll say on that is like 100% agree with you. Like the recruiting's well, the recruiting's good, but you're not paying a hundred million dollars just to have you know shiny new toys like you you're you're paying that kind of money because you're expecting not jimbo to to just win a few games which they didn't do a lot of last season you hired him you made that hire catch because you wanted to compete for a national title 
Like that, that is it. And so you know, when we start talking about like expectations and, and what, you know, we always say, well, what, what do you expect for Sark or this and that? Like you're expecting, you know, this team to get better. But if you ain't up, you, you expected that guy to compete for a national title. That's the only, that's the reason why you hired him. That's the reason why you're paying him. And you haven't come, you're not really come in close to it probably since his first year or something like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. So I'm, I'll definitely be interested uh, to hear what he says, you know, about the state of their program and where they're headed and, um, you know, the future. Because, like I said, a and fans will go and they'll probably give us some, some crap about talking about their team. It is what it is. But, you know, at the, no matter what, they need to see improvement. It's their day at SEC Media Day. And we, <laughs> we can't talk about A&M on the day they're literally at the podium at SEC Media Days. What days are we allowed to talk about the Aggies without <laughs> it being some kind of, you know, getting all up in your feelings and stuff? Mm. No, like you're in Nashville. There's an a Jimbo Fisher's <laughs> talking today. This just right. in, we're going to yes. talk about the other teams at SEC Media Day in the next couple of days as well. Let's, let's wrap this thing up so Onward can get back to doing the SEC Media Day thing. Uh, and yeah. by the way, thanks to Travis Gailey, uh, Orange Bloods yeah. is own for holding down the fort while we're doing this and having a good time. He's out there getting Sankey quotes left and right. Guys, like this video. Hit that thumbs up button. Smash it. Um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. Get notifications. Thanks to everybody who participated in the chat today. We always love to see your comments, even if today we mainly focused on ours. Uh, Anwar and Travis, y'all are going to be back, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Travis is here. I think pretty much all week, if I'm I'm correct. I'm talking I think about on the channel. Y'all have like some stuff. Oh yeah, we, we're probably gonna plan. try. Yeah, I think we're gonna try to do maybe like a video, you know, kind of a, a recap. You know, of SEC Media Days. You know, he's he's got a lot of the equipment that we need, so I think we should be able to hopefully pull that together, kind of just recap everything that's said, not only from uh, you know from Sankey, uh, some Jimbo. I think uh, who else is today? I think LSU has got to be today because I just saw Brian Kelly. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of give guys a recap of what we said. And, of course, always looking for someone to say something about Texas because that would be more relevant. And fun. Uh, yes. So uh, so stay tuned. We got the modcast tomorrow, obviously, as typically scheduled, I think. Uh, but in the meantime, there may be more videos coming as soon as today. That's why you got to hit the notification sign uh, on the page to make sure that you don't miss Anything from Onwar in Nashville. And who knows, tomorrow, maybe Onwar can give us a Nashville review. Uh, I do love the city. So I want to know how much trouble you get into while you're there. Uh, until then, <laughs> Consider, you already know yesterday, you're like, where is Onwar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he is. I'm Onwar in Nashville. Is out seeing the sights, apparently. I'm in Nashville, baby. That's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. We will do it again soon. You guys have a great rest of your Monday. Later.